Let's spend a little time with, um, well, one of the, the partners of, of Sport Calgary that uh, we deem so important and so critical in, in our community in the Calgary area. Uh, Kevin Webster, the executive director of Kids Sport, joins us. And, Kevin, the 2018 annual report is out. Probably not as exciting as you know, the title as it probably should be. Because this is a really important document. This is a very important document. It is, without a doubt. Every every year when we get to this point, um, you know, this is kind of the culmination of all the hard work that a ton of volunteers, a great board, a lot of partners, and a lot of our community um, put together to make sure local kids can get involved in sport. And this annual report speaks to who those kids are, where they're coming from, the dollars that are raised for that, and, and the community that's surrounding kids sport and helping make sure that's possible. So take us back, so the report is based January 1 to, to December 31st, correct, of correct. 2018? Correct. So yep. take us back to what you would have uh, announced or reported upon a year ago, 2017. What, what were the takeaways from that year and what was the expectation of 2018? I think uh, if we look at the last few years, the expectations, you know, have been based around continued growth in demand. We've been at a, you know, 10 to 15 percent increase in demand year over year. Uh, last year, we were just under 5,000 kids, so we knew we'd be supporting north of 5,300 um, was our kind of early estimate heading into this year, and yeah. we ended at 5,647. Um, we knew that Funding was uh, a great year in 2017, but we knew we were going to have to work hard in 2018. And we were able to raise significant dollars, but not exactly uh, where we needed to be to okay. keep up. We had some great years behind us to make sure that we had dollars in the bank to uh, look after a tough year. But now we need to get mobilized and, and ready to make sure we're able to help all these 5,600 kids again and the, the increase in demand that we'll see again in 2019. So there's a couple of things that come off of that that I want to kind of get you to touch on. One is, um, you know, how concerned are you that your numbers went up, but, you know, this is a tough economy right now. This is a difficult time to raise funds, as we all know. Um, you know, as you look back at last year, you know, was one did you – Trying to find the way of outpacing your, your, is your growth outpacing your fundraising ability? It is right now, uh, without a doubt, 2018 um, showed us that. But but we're ready to find more, you know, creative ways to use the r truly amazing uh, assets that we have in terms of the event partnerships um, that are scattered throughout our, our fundraising calendar that give us a great foundation and a great conduit to the community to speak to what kids sports all about and the need to support. But there's so much opportunity out there, and, and yes, there is, you know, it is a tough economy, but there's a lot of businesses, there are a lot of individuals that are involved in sport, there's a lot of sport partners that have never considered kids sport as a charity option, and, and that comes to us educating the community and ensuring that everyone knows when looking at charitable dollars as an organization, individuals, fundraising partnerships, that kids sport's top of their list when it comes to sport. So let's, let's move on. And, and take a look at, at 2018. Before we get to the specific numbers, which you've already touched on, but the specific numbers and kind of hash through them, what do you what did you see? You know, in your role, as you look back at last year, is is there a way you frame 2018? Is there you know some thoughts about 2018 and, and what kids sport was able to accomplish in our city? Yeah, I, I think you know when we started putting this together and we looked at you know how how we, how we structure the press release and communication out to media and some of our partners is 
we're amazed really at the growth and the impact and the number of kids that we're able to help. But over and above all that is Kids Sport continues to be, if not the largest, one of the single largest investors in minor sport in this community. Right. So every dollar we raise, which 100% of the money that we're fundraising is community raised, we don't have government funding, uh, is going back into our sport community to help employ people that work at mm -hmm. sport clubs, help make sure there's, for non-kid sport kids, that there's teams to play on and that there's age groups and make sure that sport clubs have the dollars needed through registration feeds to run programming and make sure that all kids, not just the kid sport kids, have access to the coaches and resources and training um, that every kid deserves in, in a well-run program here in our city and community. So if I'm hearing you right, what you're saying is let's not focus on the, you know, the, the 5,000 plus individuals, but it's the, that, that total impact that it has in terms of, you know, helping other, you know, just making sure we have enough bodies to have teams. That's, you know, recruitment is a big issue for things. So it, it's a little bit simplistic just to look at it as individuals. Yeah, and, you know, there are some clubs where it might be one single kid sport kid, but when we look at just our top 25 sport clubs alone, the 25 clubs that make up the largest number of kids that we funded, they make up over 46% of the 5,600 kids that we funded. So okay. within those 25 clubs, we're talking 2,600 kids. Those are huge dollars. Yes. Um, back to those clubs. And without kid sport funding, you know, some of those clubs would, would struggle to operate, um, struggle to keep the lights on and, and make sure that for all kids that are able to participate and grow and learn through their programs that uh, they have the ability to do so. And, um, kid sport plays a huge role in our sport community, not just in helping the, the families and kids that we are supporting who we base our program on, mm -hmm. and we want to make sure every one of those kids in a low-income situation uh, that their families aren't saying no to their sporting dreams. But when we add it all up and you're talking about $1.62 million invested back in a minor sport, if we walked in tomorrow to uh, any one of these organizations and said, we'll use soccer as an example, we're going to cut you a check for $400,000, um, they'd be jumping for joy um, yeah. to make sure that kids can play soccer, right? So, and that's, you know, that's one sport. We were over $430,000 invested in a minor soccer last year. It, it seems to me, and you correct me if I'm wrong on this, but in your, just in your time in kids sport, it's gone from almost just the individual, hey, look, you know, this child is playing to now kind of have to, you know, explain, I wouldn't say justify, justify is the wrong word. But we, we really, as a, a community, kind of demanding or asking for, you know, impact information and, and the totality of it. So, you know, rather than saying, well, it was, you know, X amount of kids in soccer, it's, you know, the tune of $400,000 went into minor soccer. It's just the way things have changed. People are looking for more of that impact-driven information, right? Without a doubt. We're always trying to find new donors and new partners in the output, um, not just, you know, how we changed one kid's life or how we connected those parents with new friends and um, peers that they can associate with through a sport and sports so embracing in terms of what it does in building community yeah. that for the parents that we're helping um, it tells a story as well and each one of these 5,600 opportunities we created has its own story and and those are the most powerful powerful thing that we're doing without a doubt um, but when we speak to donors and we speak to now needing to raise over 2.3 million dollars annually um, we have to look at other ways to frame it and the overall impact that we're having on our community 
um, kids, families, economic impact, um, and just on sport as a whole, as we see, as you mentioned, numbers dwindling, the role kids sports playing, ensuring that lots of kids um, that otherwise would be part yeah. of that dwindling population um, are still participating. At the risk of sounding like I'm raining on somebody's parade, I'm not. I'm just looking for a little context. As we talk about 2018, it was 5,647 individual children in Calgary got into sport directly because of kids' sport. Where did, is that 100% of the demand, or what would you put at the demand out there? Or let me ask it this way. If you could fund every kid that needed help that qualified the way these kids did how many how big would that number be i think i'll answer the first part of your question is that's every qualified family that applied to us Mm -hmm. this year that made up the 5600 we didn't turn anyone away that was qualified are we helping everyone to answer the second part absolutely not when you compare it to the poverty numbers and um where our city's at in terms of how quickly it's grown in the last few years and the surrounding populations that we support. Um, we're probably talking fifteen to 20,000 kids that if they knew about kids' sport, if their families were open to sport opportunities, um, you know, both as a family and their culture, um, that kids' sport could play a role in ensuring, you know, the answer wasn't no. Many families have decided before they even talk about sport that, cost is a barrier so they don't even go down the path with their kids um, in researching or looking at you know a certain sport to participate in and that's where we continue to do outreach events and education throughout our community at community events and through our sport partners to make sure families know this is an option and that um, sport should always be something they can say yes to in their child's development and growth. So how much of your mandate do you see in terms of recruitment? Because again, you know, we'll get to the, you know, you didn't quite raise enough last year to support the 5,600 that you did support. So, you know, how <laughs> do you walk a fine line of overwhelming your system? Or, or do you still want to go out and make sure that, you know, 15 to 20,000 other kids know it's there? I think when I started here in 2014, one of the questions I asked the board at the time is, how is it Kidsport Calgary is the largest Kidsport chapter in the country? And what I quickly understood was, you know, it's part of the DNA of, of our local chapter to never stop trying to find and educate the community to connect with that next family that maybe doesn't know about us that yeah. really needs us. Yeah. We're not going to stop doing outreach events. Um, we're constantly going to be in front of the, the public and in our community through the fundraising events we're part of, but also just the education um, that we do on a weekly, monthly, daily basis. That's not going to change, and finding the funds to support that will always be a challenge as it is in the not-for-profit sector, but we're committed to making sure if there's a kid that needs us, we're going to find the way to raise the money to support them. The challenge in talking to you for me is I keep forgetting that just because I know all the information doesn't mean everybody else knows the information. Before we get into the numbers, can you just establish for us what it takes for someone to to receive kids' sport funding? What What is it? How do you qualify? We qualify uh, based on a one-page application process that's uh, based on total household income. Uh, So the number of adults in the household need to show proof of their income, uh, whether they're married, single, common law, 
um, just two adults living together. It's based on total household. We use the federal government's low income cutoffs as our baseline. And based on how many people are in their house, we uh, reference the two against each other. And if they're at or below those cutoffs, um, then they would qualify for funding. We fund up to $375 per child right now per year. Uh, and if they are approved, then the dollars go directly to the sport club uh, and then we are reimbursed to the family depending on the sport club's uh, policies um, on registration. Is there an, I hate the word average, but is there a, a typical kid sport family? Uh, I mean, we, we do have the stats for that. I think our mean numbers in uh, 2018 was a, around a family of four in terms of total size. And the uh, average household income, I believe, was around $23,000. Um, so the cutoffs for that size of family, I think the federal government's cutoffs are around $46,000. Um, so when you think of cost of living and just putting food on your plate and a roof over your head, uh, sports obviously not a, a big conversation or other opportunities, whatever those might be for these families. Um, so to have kids sport as an option to get them in the pool and learn life skills and, yep. you know, essential skills through learning how to swim or whether that's on a basketball court or in a hockey rink, learning to skate or on a soccer pitch, whatever that might be. We help kids play over 50 different sports and give them something positive in their household, some friends to meet, new role models. Yep. Um, sport provides so much as, as we know in this mm. conversation and what sport Calgary does. It's uh, something every kid deserves and needs and we want to make sure that that's possible so the the funding from kids sport is then what is it just only for registration fees how do you how do you go about supporting a family or an athlete yeah um we we focus on registration fees uh, we started that in the change in focus in 2014 prior to that we did equipment and fees um, we couldn't keep up with both and we couldn't do a good job of the equipment. Um, so we helped found uh, with Sport Calgary and other partners um, here in the city, Comrie Sports Equipment Bank. And we're proud to work with them to alleviate the second biggest barrier of sport, which is the cost of equipment. Mm. So they provide no cost equipment. We provide registration fees. The two married together, you know, can really make sport an option for, for anyone, no matter right. what their household um position might be financially and 50 plus sports this past year uh, what's what do you need to see or, or what you know qualifies as a sport that you will you know support an athlete in uh, we want to make sure there's an instructional component to it um, that it, we don't fund memberships or drop-in um, so there needs to be an instructional component uh, minimum five days of of activities that more aligns with our summer camps that we fund and if it is a camp-based program, it's got to be a minimum 80% sport-based um, programming. Um, all the big ones are in there, obviously, in terms of team sports. Um, but there's a bunch of, you know, sports like water polo, synchronized swimming, diving, fencing, um, equestrian that are mm -hmm. kind of outside the box that we've, we've provided opportunities to, um, you know, over the last... 23 years we've been in operation. Now I keep, Kev, it feels like I'm dragging you on, dragging you. We will get to the numbers in a second, but you, you keep giving me a couple things that I think we need to explore. If a, Are there other funding sources out there to help and assist? Because we know that while you, you, know, you support, sometimes kids sports 
support isn't enough to cover all of the costs. Do you work with other partner groups and other groups to kind of combine to help? Yeah, without a doubt. Um, sport is uh, not decreasing in cost. So 375 if you want to play uh, sport for a full calendar year or multiple seasons um, will not go a long way. So when funding, if they used up their funding with us, then we introduce them to Jumpstart, um, which mm-hmm. is a very similar program that's owned and operated by Canadian Tire. Um, and then if they're not done with them and they still need more funding there are you know a lot of sport clubs uh within the city have a partnership funding model with with kids sport where um if we pay they get 375 from us that you know they'll cover a portion of the fees as a club uh they have their own kind of rainy day funds or um, support funds that they have in place so those clubs help extend the kids sport dollars and make sure that those families um you know, have access to everything that they need when it comes to, you know, playing on a team or um, moving up the competitive system, depending, you know, where their kids' uh, abilities and skills lie. Yeah, and, and I just maybe a little bit self-serving, but I do, did want to mention the, the Flames Foundation and the Even Strength program, too, because hockey, which is one of your primary uh, sports, you know, uh, sometimes it takes a bit of a combination to make sure those cover, costs are covered. Yeah, so any anyone participating in Hockey Calgary, that is our hockey funding model, is the Flames Even Strength um, program, so a partnership with the Flames Foundation. Yeah. Uh, hockey Calgary, this year we helped uh, over 400 kids participate through that program specifically. Um, and then anyone that's kind of outside the window in terms of deadlines for that, we still fund hockey through Kidsport, mm-hmm. um, not to the same uh, extent as the Flames Even Strength model. And then Kidsport also funds in Cochrane and Airdrie and Strathmore, Chestermere and Foothills um, for kids in hockey programming there. So uh, hockey overall was 590 kids. Uh, the Flames Even Strength was probably, you know, almost 75% of that. Right. Yep. Um, okay. 5,647 kids in 2018 come from families that received assistance from Kidsport. Who were these kids? What, were, what, were the, what was the makeup of, of the funding? Where did it go? All makes, models, <laughs> walks of life. I think um, the one thing I love about Kidsport, and I've been in some you know, recent grant applications that you know, I've been looking for specific um, programming that would help certain populations access a program, we don't need to change. We've been inclusive since day one. No matter your race, religion, your ability, um, your skill, we've been funding kids um, based solely on their household income. So mm-hmm. there's no other measurable. We haven't tracked data over you know where people are from and what population they're coming from. Because our program is 100% inclusive based only on your income. Um, this year, we were about 60-40, which has been a consistent um, split for boys to girls. Um, no specific reason behind that other than is I that think... Is that consistent with national averages, Kev? Because we do know that there is you know, somewhat of a crisis with girls in sport, right? Not, not, not even access as much as just con- continuing and staying in sport. Yeah, and I, I think that's where, you know, there's lots of great groups when you look at Fast and Female and right. what Sport Calgary is doing. Um, a lot of sport clubs in the city elevate lacrosse, one of our partners, with try-it days for, yep. for girls, that there's a more focus on getting girls opportunities to play sports that, 
they probably you know hadn't thought about mm-hmm. in the past that there's huge p- potential for them in and and tons of opportunities when it comes to uh, where you can go in sports. So I think you know with groups focusing on that, there will be an increase in numbers. Uh, we've definitely um, tried to partner with some of those groups to make sure families know that we do fund um, opportunities within both genders and that we're trying to find uh, those opportunities. A lot of our entry to sport numbers um, grow when we look at kind of the zero to eight age group, both in boys and girls, because we fund gymnastics, we fund dance, we fund martial arts, which are a lot of the learn to play, physical literacy, strong um, programming. And then it's how do we keep them in sport after that? And that's where I think the sport community together can find a role uh, we fund kids in high school sports, so we've seen some of our female numbers grow there. We're, we've almost uh, doubled in the last couple of years in terms of how many kids we've provided funding for within our high school athletic system. Yep. Um, that's definitely helping kids stay in school, helping with academics. Um, and for that drop-off age in the female category, it's giving them a ton of different sport options right under the roof of their high school from cross-country skiing to rugby field hockey soccer football you name it um and i think we're seeing more of them you know pick up through that and and kids sport can be there to help if their family's not in a position to be able to cover those fees so kev 60 40 boys to girls what about ages i know you touched a little bit on it but what do the numbers show you in terms of what where are you where are you funding yeah we're you know that kind of Five-year-old to 10-year-old is where a good chunk of our our kids are made up. We do start to see, uh, you know, a little bit of a, a decrease in both populations when we get to the, you know, 13 to 18 years old. And could be for many reasons on our end, like the families now have a job again and sure. are in a position to start paying for those fees themselves. So their kids are still in sport. We're just not seeing them within our mm-hmm. Um, funding. Kids are finding different activities that they're more passionate about. So sport played a role in terms of introducing them to uh, new friends and role models and parent groups that can help them see what else is out there. Maybe they're a musician, maybe they're an artist, maybe they're um, you know actively involved in community groups that um, sport's not part of or the sport club on their own. They've found a relationship where funding's been worked out um, locally within that sport club. One of the uh, interesting graphics in your report is the city of Calgary breakdown, because I think if you went to Calgarians and you said, oh, you know, where, where do you think kids, who, what areas do you think Calgary is, is getting support from kids sport? And I'm sure some would go, oh, it'd be this quadrant, that quadrant. Your, your quadrant breakdowns are almost uh, re- just remarkably similar, aren't they? Yeah, and I think, you know, most people would, think you're in the northeast or southeast that where the majority of population would be needing us just yeah. based on kind of stereotype and perception in the city and yeah. the reality is for us the top funding quadrant the last two years has been the northwest and hmm. um, people i think would be shocked when when you have that conversation yeah um let's talk about sports uh, and again uh you know you mentioned 50 plus sports uh you run the gamut um, where, where is your most need and, and where would people maybe be a little bit surprised by need? 
Soccer, without a doubt, our biggest sport. Almost 1,700 kids um, in 2018, which continues a trend um, in soccer where we continue to fund more kids than any other sport. Uh, hockey's grown not as much, but continues to grow. Um, gymnastics surpassed hockey as our second highest funded sport for the first time. Really? Um, so they're now 597 kids uh, that we funded throughout um, Calgary area and local gymnastics programming and clubs. Basketball has over doubled the amount of kids that we've funded in the last five years. Uh, 418 kids this year, uh, up from I think just under 200 um, five mm-hmm. years ago. I think it was we met with their board a couple weeks ago, and I think it was 120 percent increase we've seen in in basketball um, use of kids sport funding for helping kids play that sport. Martial arts, like I referenced, and dance, they're you know, great programs uh, that offer a lot of different flexibility for families in terms of year-round programming or just for a month um, programming. Yeah. Um, so we see a lot of the younger kids participate in those. Uh, swimming remains in a top 10 sport. Football's grown for us, uh, over $83,000 invested in the football community. Uh, this past year, learned to skate programs, which ties into hockey and ringette. Uh, figure skating, 200 and almost, I think, 210 kids in, in learned to skate programs. A lot of those um, are specifically learning to skate, so mm-hmm. then they're going to pursue other uh, sports on blades, whether that's with the oval and speed skating programs or getting into our minor hockey system or ringette, um, whatever that might be. Uh, it opens the door to a lot, and when we look at how quickly the city's grown with our new immigrant population, um, opening the door to some of the winter sports. We've got great partnerships with wind sport in the city and other groups that have great um, programs, not only on ice, yeah. where you know now you're tying uh, blades to your uh, feet and trying to participate in one of Canada's uh, biggest sports and one of our national sports and learning how to skate and hockey. Um, to learning to sco- snowboard or ski um, sure. through some of their great programs that's really geared to getting kids um, all the skills they need to pursue it as something they want as either an elite or a recreational um, participant. So take me inside of your mind. When you do a report like this and then you, uh, you announce that you know, gymnastics has now overtaken hockey, the number two sport in terms of kids' sport funding, is that a good thing? Are you happy about that? It would, how do you, you, you know what I mean? Like, it, it could be cut both ways, can't it? Like, you know, maybe you're finding people that were underserved before, or how, how do you view that? Yeah, um, yeah I, I, I think it's a good thing no matter what. We're continuing to help kids and families that need us. Uh, where the numbers lie, we're not, you know, focused on one sport or another. You but know, a lot of people think year. you are, don't they? Yeah, I think, I think a lot of people, you know, and, and a lot of people would also assume that the sport I think you're referring to is we're hockey focused. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people would also assume that that's because hockey is the most expensive and that's not true at all. Yeah. Like when, when you look at hockey and you're looking at programming from September till March and you compare that to, you know, the cost of some of the other sports that are, you know, a three or four month um, period, it's very comparable um, and when you look at the support programs we have in place with Comrie's and Kidsport, uh, you can participate in rec hockey um, at relatively no cost. And when you compare with competitive sports, yeah, hockey can get expensive, but every sport can get expensive. Yeah. yeah. Um, whether that's dance, gymnastics, 
club volleyball, you name it, we've seen um, high costs for, for all sport. Um, that's just the reality when the city grows as it is and facilities continue to be a challenge in terms of space and competition for space, uh, competition for players, competition for the next advantage that's offered in terms of recruiting and developing players for the sports that are you know more on the competitive side. It's um, cost is is always going to be a barrier um, until we can make sport free. That's uh, that's just the reality. I'm going to ask you a blunt question. Do you know the the associations and the sports that are at, you know at the top end and, and see the most funding? Do they appreciate what could are they part are they doing enough to assist you in in the work that you're doing to assist them in getting kids into sport? Uh, I think there's a lot more work we can be do, be doing with them, Rob, and part of that onus is on us to build those partnerships and strengthen those relationships. And part of it's on our sport clubs that are receiving funding from us. We just sent out communication to those top 25 clubs that we talked about yesterday. We've got some really strong partnerships in place mm-hmm. with some of them where you know, their parents and families and their partners and their funders know the value Kidsport has to their organization, um, what they can do to educate the community. You know, just in sharing our annual report, if you're a gymnastics club and letting people know the value Kidsport has within your club and sport and where your club would be without X number of kids participating in your programs that weren't um, supported in Kidsport, not only, you know, as a club, but also what those personalities, those kids that otherwise wouldn't be in your club, what they do to create... Uh, good teams and you know just a, a great atmosphere and I think all our clubs in our town ta- and you know in Calgary and area want to be inclusive and kids sport can help them do that to make sure that cost isn't something keeping kids um, from participating in the program so there is work to be done we'd love to have conversations with all these sports and um, all the clubs receiving funding from us on how we can strengthen those how we can build some of the barriers just time in terms of getting in front of them all Um, But it is a priority for us. This is a big year for us in 2019 in terms of making up the funding gap that we had in 2018. But also because 2020 is our 25th anniversary and we want to have an amazing group of sport partners and community partners in place to help us celebrate, tell stories from 25 years of giving kids opportunities they wouldn't have otherwise had and get us ready to make sure we're here to support for another 25 years of creating those dreams and life lessons and just life-changing opportunities for the families and kids that we're able to help so let's let's kind of move from you know the 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 people that and the families that got supported to how you support them in the fundraising you mentioned the partners let's talk a little bit about you know be certainly don't want to pretend for a second that you're operating in a vacuum because you do really have some very strong partners within the sport community here in calgary yeah without a doubt and you know those are the partnerships that you know we would like to replicate and and see build across uh, their sports and throughout other um, sport partnerships that you know we would love to kind of build on if I look just going through like our top sports we've got a great relationship with Calgary minor soccer um, built through a reciprocal fee program that was built with one of our original board members who we actually uh, reference uh, memorial to with inside our second page of our this year's annual report. Reed Smith was our first chair of the board for Kidsport Calgary, and uh, we're sad to see him go. And he had a huge impact on who Kidsport was. And one of those uh, historical things he built was that program with Calgary Minor Soccer. 
um, that helps you know between twenty five and thirty thousand dollars into soccer funding each year. Calgary United Soccer Association um, does a lot of adult programming, but they see the value Kidsport has in making sure they have, have the next generations of players for their programs. Right. Uh, they do. They make a donation every year, uh, north of ten thousand um, dollars, out of their funds to make sure Kidsport kids have a chance to participate in local soccer programs. Calgary Women's Soccer Association makes an annual donation. Same reason. Um, her the executive director's quote from this past year was, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but along the lines of, you know, without Kidsport Kids, our program would be have a negative impact because mm-hmm. we don't have future players looking to sign up for rec programs and right. play at the adult level. Right. Uh, gymnastics. We've had great partnerships with. Uh, Kyle Schufelt Gymnastics. Um, Good he, dude, by the way. Yeah, and one of our great ambassadors, <laughs> yes, one of our longest serving ambassadors. Yeah. Um, and then Darlene Travis from uh, Flip Factory. Uh, she's done some amazing stuff for kids sport, from as little as having our recycling program in their facility to donating funds from their big top circus camp um, to being an advocate and, uh, you know, just strong community supporter of, of what we do and and what we're able to do within, you know, the sport she's passionate about. They offer some amazing program for kids there, and we're happy to, you know, return the favor and promote those programs and uh, share with the community what, you know, Flip Factory and Kyle Schufelt's doing. Um, on the hockey side, Hockey Calgary's an amazing partner. Uh, you mentioned the Flames Even Strength mm-hmm. Program. Um, Pam Douglas in their office, she leads the Flames Even Strength uh, application process. Uh, between us as partners, we find ways to uh, find the additional funding that's needed. Hockey Calgary's golf tournament uh, puts their funds directly in the Flames Even Strength program. We raise funds through programs that we're part of. Brian Burke's Targets for Kids is mm-hmm. uh, half of those proceeds go into the Flames Even Strength program. So, great partnership there. They're great advocates. They're you know continually sharing with the community what kids sports up to and how we uh, are impacting their sport. Basketball, we've uh, begun conversations with uh, Calgary Minor Basketball Association to build that partnership. Uh, Excel Basketball, through Mark Rideout, has been a strong yep. donor the last couple of years, and he runs a tournament every year um, to support kids' sport, um, and he's donated the proceeds from that. Uh, we've had a strong relationship with uh, Eddie Richardson and the Genesis Basketball Program, and then our longest-serving basketball partner, and they do a in a real simple way but it's cal west basketball we don't fund a ton of kids there so they're not in need of our help but they want to make sure other kids in calgary and area have access to kids sport and the dollars they need so when a family goes on to register uh, they have a link to would you like to also donate to kids sport to see another kid play basketball or another sport in their city so it's not even focused on their club yeah um so they they donate north of two thousand dollars a year through that um, they also built a, a fund to recognize one of our long-term supporters um, through his corporate work at Alaris Royalty Corp, but also as a volunteer, which is the Darren and Sally Driscoll Fund, um, two of their long-term volunteers that helped run the Cal West program for years. Um, so that fund itself uh, has raised north of $10,000 to go back into helping kids play basketball, which is amazing and a great recognition for Darren and Sally, not only for what they did in Cal West, but what for they did for kids sport and continue to do for kids sport um, day in and day out. 
So th those are some of our, our great sport partners. We have some great uh, affiliations with some of the venues and sport operators mm -hmm. in town, like Windsport. Uh, they donate 100% of all their refundable beverage containers from the campus. Uh, Talk a little bit about that program, too, because there's room for expansion in that program, right? Huge expansion. So uh, I'll finish Windsport. Sure, so yeah, yeah. That's, I think, around 80,000-plus containers um, a year that come through their facilities. Adds up. Uh, that go back to help us um, fund kids into their programs. Yeah. So we're getting kids uh, into snowboarding, skiing, learn to skate. Uh, they're learn to play hockey, learn to play ringette programs, their summer camps, uh, which are all phenomenal programs and, and just a great partnership sure. um, with what they're doing. Uh, similar partnership with Westside Rec Center. Uh, Vivo is a strong partner in what they're doing um, in the north. They're part of our recycling program, and, and they are really great ag advocates through Ingrid in their office that uh, leads the kids' sport registration side. Um, on communicating with families on how to apply, how to make the application process as easy as possible, um, but also making sure their program operators um, know about the relationship and, and yeah. what role kids sports having. So, yeah. you know, those are a few of them to follow up on the recycling program. Yeah, you've mentioned it a couple of times. I just, that's one I want to make sure we let people, because that's a real potential area for growth, I think. Huge area of growth, and it's, there's no cost to anyone. Right. You know, you're keeping... Your empties out of the landfill. You're saving a trip to the depot, which sometimes um, is uh, not the easiest thing to sure, do. Sure, sure. Um, and you're you're now donating them back to the Kids Sport Recycling Program. We pick them up at no cost, so you can get your household on board. Right now, I think we have, let's say, around 200 households. So huge potential for growth in terms of households signing up. We give you a bag buddy and bags. You call when you need a pickup. If you still want to donate to your son or daughter's bottle drive or the mm -hmm. scouts that come by, you can still do that. There's sure. no contract. When you need a pickup, you get a pickup. Uh, businesses, definitely, if you want to sign up, local events that are looking for a uh, refundable beverage program. And then sport facilities, a no-brainer, really, in my mind, the ones in the city. If you haven't signed up yet, we're... We're funding kids not only through your programs, but all the other programs that are running ice or running field time um, through your uh, facilities to get kids on into those venues and through your doors. Um, if you're interested in partnering, we'd love to see it because those dollars are going to help get more kids through the doors. Um, Calgary Soccer Center is one of those great partners. They were one of our first sport facilities. Sure. Um, through everything they do there, they're... A huge supporter and a huge advocate for the program it's run by two local volunteers that married couple gordon Lori clayton that started the program for kids board and really um other than covering costs out of the kindness of their heart they're really doing this to try and leave a legacy for mm -hmm. kids sport um something they would like to leave in terms of part of our long-term sustainability um you don't have to write a check you turn your drink boxes your milk containers your beer bottles, whatever it might be, into uh, a sporting opportunity for someone that maybe lives down the street. Let's uh, talk about 2018. We talked about the number of families and, and kids impacted, the number of athletes that you put back into sport, allowed to play sport. A little bit disappointing, I would suggest, from an outside standpoint. You, you can comment on it, certainly. You raised over $1.7 million through your local donors, event sponsors, and your supporters, but... 
That was down 30% from 2017. Specifically, economy, was there a reason for that? Yeah, like probably half of that um, comes from some fun- funding partners that had just finished their uh, relationship with Kidsport, either okay. uh, their term of a partnership or their event uh, rotates charities on an annual or biannual basis. Um, so that turnover you know, was more significant in 2018 yeah. than we've seen. Uh, we didn't see as many uh, new partnerships. Our our events were still extremely successful um, and are continue to be the foundation of what we're able to do in terms of fundraising. But we got to get out and do more. We need we need more corporate. We need more individual. Uh, we're building some programs now to kind of use 2019 as as a runway and launching pad to make sure those are ready for 2020 and our yep. 25th anniversary, where. You know, we'd like to fund everyone that needs our help this year, and we'd like to surpass our needs for fundraising, which we've targeted at $2.3 million. But next year, we'd like to raise over $4 million, and we'd like to really build the foundation um, so it's not as cyclical and each year trying to then start over and, okay, how are we going to raise $2 million this year that we have, you know, a good sustainability fund and a good network of donors of all walks of life from the $20 monthly donor that's a huge part of our sustainability and insurance in terms of knowing what we have for an ongoing basis to you know higher net worth individuals that can be part of our major gift campaign corporations that can give in a variety of ways either through community investment as a straight donation or through marketing and sponsorship dollars where we're so fortunate as a as a local charity to have the events we have that yeah. can give you know corporate partners an entry level at fifteen hundred bucks to be part of the wing off coming up or the Boomer and Warner old school hockey pool or the Brian Burke's Targets for Kids Pizza Pig Out the iconic Turkey Bowl amazing events that they can do client hosting employee hosting culture building morale building um, and really give us a entry point to build that relationship where we can be one of their long-term charity partners and in, in where they look at as an organization. For you funding. really don't run too many snobby, highfalutin, um, you know, hoity-toity events. <laughs> Everything that Kidsport seems to touch is just good old-fashioned fun. It's intended to be because, you know, you, you hear somebody go, oh, you could do some team. You actually can. You can do some team building. You can do something really cool. And the entry-level points are there. Kev, how many events last year did you run how many events did kidsport touch or be part of uh we were part of around 130 events last year and those include as so I was one every three early, days uh yeah almost <laughs> and, and a lot of them are kind of packed together some of them we're not as involved in yeah. we give them some information and a pop-up banner and they take care of kidsport being represented sure others are volunteers lead um who we've got an amazing network of volunteers where they'll go sit at a booth and and talk about Kidsport for a day where every third Monday we're at the Calgary Food Bank to connect with families. One of our amazing volunteers, Al Hawkins, the regular down there, he picks up the booth bag and the pop-up banner and mm-hmm. and he loves it because he knows he's talking to the families that re- really sure. could use us. Yep. Um, so those are things we're always, we're always looking for. The the fundraising side, there's you know a few of those events that we run right out of our office when um, we look at Brian Burke's Targets for Kids and our Stampede Party. Um, we're more heavily involved in the partnership of the iconic Turkey Bowl, um, the Wing Off, well, Pizza, Pizza Pig, Pig Out we yeah. run out of our office. Yeah. 
Um, and then we've got some amazing third-party partnerships like the Long Ball Open and the Big Hearted Cowboys, um, where they've got a well-oiled machine already in place, and Kidsport can come in and see how we can help raise the bar and make sure our network um, of supporters knows about these events as, as a place to come um, and support their community, many times supporting not just Kidsport but other charities as well. Um, and helping us, you know, raise profile and dollars to uh, be in a position to help everyone that's going to need us this year. What's 2019 look like? What's the, the calendar? Is there still space on the calendar, as they say? <laughs> Without a doubt. We're, all, we're always looking <laughs> yeah, for, yeah. for new partnerships. Some of those partnerships are event-focused, um, for sure, in terms of what corporations have as, as charitable events mm. where they're looking to tie... Um, different charities too so we're constantly scanning um, the internet and social media to see you know what's out there and how Kidsport can maybe get on the the list of uh, amazing charities that they've been able to support in this committee and maybe be next on the list uh, in a future year to be um, supported and then continuing to grow um, the events that we have and make sure that they are cornerstones of, of what we do on an annual basis and find new partners that can sink into those events and, and amplify them. Um, so tons of opportunities still for partners to get involved. Some of our events have less opportunity, but we're always finding ways to make sure partners that are interested um, can get involved. We've got some of partners like Alaris Royalty Corp and Obsidian Energy that um, package up our events and they make a commitment of between ten and $20,000 mm. and they're part of four or five of them okay. um, throughout the year. They've been able to bring out employees. They've been able to bring out clients. Uh, they've volunteered, and they make Kidsport kind of part of everything they are um, in their year when it comes to charitable giving. So their employees really know why they're supporting Kidsport. They learn more about us. They're knowledgeable about um, who they're supporting, and it's and it's more than the check, which is essential to us. But it's it's really building that partnership and family that um, surrounds Kidsport to make sure we can be successful on an ongoing basis. Okay, I want to come back to this in a second, but without doing a complete roll call, because I think I might, you know, cause you to miss somebody, there are some people that we need to recognize in this conversation, your board and your ambassadors, because both are absolutely vital to the success of Kidsport. Without a doubt. Our our board has continued to govern Kidsport in a amazing strong fashion from day one from the the individuals that are still involved like Kathy Salmon and Kelly Blackshaw that helped found Kidsport and get it started in 1995. Um, Reed Schmidt our first board chair who I referenced earlier to some of our board members now that have you know been going on 10 years volunteering um, just as a volunteer and and now as as board members um, to make sure that Kidsport has the continued leadership and mentorship for staff and our volunteers and and just organizationally um, to be in a strong strategic position year after year um, to make sure that we're managing donor dollars correctly transparently transparently and professionally Um, as a 100% community funded organization our donors and where their dollars are going is of paramount importance Mm -hmm. to us um, we're in the middle of our audit right now, which we started um, a few years ago to make sure that um, that publicly is is out there in terms of what Kidsport's doing with your dollars and, and where they're going. This annual report is part of that sure. transparency. Um, 
But this group that you reference on the board side and our committee members, and we've got some volunteers that are, you know, just amazing. Yep. We'll see them, you know, 15 times a year, and they're at everything. We've got a group of gentlemen that are in our office. Uh, they all have their day, and they come and they keep us in line and, and make sure that, uh, <laughs> um, you know, when they get there, we're organized and ready to have uh, the work for them that they can feel um, that they've done something great for kids sport and helping right. us get to this um you know another milestone of 5600 kids this year and each and every one of these people um plays a huge role in making sure that's possible your ambassadors yeah this this group um when we say we see some of the volunteers everywhere this group we see absolutely everywhere yesterday we had an event in the core um with quorum software Maria Sampson and her sister, Trish Jaworski, <laughs> um, they come down. Maria's son is three weeks old. She's got him in a snuggly on her front and a pin on it, asking me about kid sport with a big smile on her face. And this is who our ambassadors yeah. are. Rob, you're one of our ambassadors. Um, we would not be where we've at been the last four years when this program kind of initiated um, without this outstanding group of people. They are knowledgeable, passionate, caring, super supportive of our team in the office, um, connected with our group of donors, asking who they can thank. Um, they treat Kidsport like it's their own, and yeah, they, do. Um, they are really part, part of who our family is. Um, we're continually you know, growing the group with the right individuals today. Um, we just put out... Um, on our social media, Marco Carducci is a new ambassador, a local Calgary kid, grew up here playing soccer with the Calgary Villains and the Foothills program. He's going to be the starting goaltender on the Cavalry FC. He reached out to us and said, how can I help? I want to be part of this team. I want to do something for kids yeah. sport. We're working on some programs with him um, that will be specific to him and his interest in making sure you know kids have the opportunity to play soccer or whatever sport right. that might be. Um, Chelsea Karpenko played on the national women's hockey team. Uh, she played on the national ball hockey team. She's a local police officer through Michaela Widmere, one of our longest serving ambassadors. How do I get part of this? Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I would, I would stress to people to go on our website and check out who this group is and thank them on our behalf. If you get a chance, you'll see them everywhere. They, they support other initiatives. They're supporting other charity events um, on a regular basis because they're just some of the best people our community is just super lucky to have here um, and kids sports uh, so very fortunate to have them um, standing behind us walking with us as uh, as we work to help more and more kids every year um, Kyle Schufelt you mentioned yep. earlier Eric Francis has been supporting well, kids sports for a couple to, decades yeah, now know, we want to do that um, right. just an amazing amazing group of people that there. For me personally, I'm fortunate to, you know, call them friends and peers and um, role models that um, motivate me and our team to to do better each and every day as as we work to find ways to make sure kids sport can do everything we can to help these families. So the report itself, and I'm not done with you, but the report itself is available on your website, right? So everything we've talked about is all available online. If somebody's listening to this for the first time, if somebody donated a can and, and want to know where the value of that can went, or if they support their names on an event, the playoff pool, pizza pig out, 
they can get all of the information of this report. It's available on your website, right? Yeah, you got it. Kidsport.ca slash Calgary. There's a tab in your top left-hand corner called About Us, and the first tab down is Reporting. Uh, our annual reports, the first report up there, our audited financial statements will come out after our AGM on April, April 16th. Um, we put quarterly reports up there in terms of the impact we're having on the community. Um, a lot of our events, depending on where they are, they'll all will always be recognized. Wherever we're going to be in the community, you'll find through our social media um, and our website. And then some of our events uh, we've built to a place like Targets for Kids and yep. the iconic electric and controls, Turkey Bowl, the Pizza Pig Out, that they have their uh, their own websites as well so we can make sure those partners have um, a great platform for them to be recognized. I, I just, I'll say this, I, your transparency, your information sharing, for some may not mean much. For me, it was everything because I knew known about kids sport and was loved the you know, loved what it was about, but just never felt connected to it. And then when you came aboard, you started sharing the information. I remember emailing you and say, this is incredible. I, we've done all this. I didn't know where it was going. And information for me is king. And when I saw that, it really hits home. It, it puts, you know, kind of the everything into perspective, a value on everything that's happening. So I do want to give you some credit because I think you do an excellent job of, of making that information. And, and quite honestly, I'm, I'm not chastising other associations and other groups, but they could take a lesson from you because I think in this day and age, information is king. And then, you know, it has to come from the source. It's coming directly from you. It's, uh, it's a huge priority for us. And, you know, not only is it coming from one source, but we're trying to create the connection to the other partners involved that if you ever did have a question, you can connect with someone else that's aligned with Kidsport, yeah. whether that's KPMG or does our audit. Uh, one of our board members listed on here, some of our committee members, who our core partners are, the events we're part of. Um, without transparency and being professional, we would not exist. We we mm. rely solely on the generosity of our community, and without them being having a tie and the knowledge of where their dollars are going within kids sport, th- there's just not the relationship and trust there for them to continue to give on a year over year basis. Um, raising over two point three million dollars last year was was a record for us, and you know what's been a tough time in and around our city and that was because of 22 years of hard work and relationship building of that a lot of credit goes to a lot of volunteers and um, a lot of individuals um, for a long time that set us up to a point where that many individuals that many companies had thought about kids sport had heard about kids sport had researched kids sport and were in a position that I'm going to give this is who I'm going to give to, and Kids Sports now on their list, and um, we have the information and the history now to be able to sit in front of any level of donor and to be able to share with them the information and have them leave with the confidence that if Kids Sports an organization they want to support, they know the money's going to um, the right places, and that's we're not going to hide from the fact as well that we do have staff that are paid out of those dollars. Sure. We do have an office that we rent. Um, but we focus on those and our overhead and um, trying to keep those costs in the best spot possible. Uh, we're at three full-time staff right now, which we've been the same uh, headcount since 2014. Um, Despite will, the growth, 
you look back at the growth. I mean, We've where you've come from to where you are. Almost that yeah. size. Yeah. We, we do need to grow, but we want to do it strategically and yeah. be in the right place. We've had a summer student the last sure. two summers through the Canada Suburb Job Grant that we've been fortunate to be part of. Um, we had part-time um, staff person. We're looking to onboard one here now to help with the application process. And we will need to grow as we try and get in front of more donors and keep up with the the demand and the application process takes up probably 70% of our capacity when it comes to those staff. Um, it's it's not easy, but we want to make sure that that process is always at the top of our priority list, making sure that we're testing families' income and doing mm-hmm. our du- due diligence on our end to make sure donor dollars are going to the families that have qualified for it and that that has been done appropriately. So. This is a podcast, so we, we've done the 2018 Kids Sport Annual Report. We've done that. So now we get to do the podcasting thing, which is I, I want to ask you some some stuff. You can swear if you want because it's a podcast. But, okay, put all this aside. Where you work every day, I want to pick your brain on where we're at because I, I don't know if we're properly representing or appreciating the pressures that groups like yours are now coming under. And, and by that I mean... You know, we just talked about, uh, you know, the the raising of funds and how difficult that is. But there's a lot of scrutiny out there now. I mean, you know, different levels of government are making sure that everybody's and, and rightfully so. I'm, I'm not suggesting that the, the you know the bureaucratic bureaucratic red tape is is not necessary. But there's a lot of bureaucratic red tape. It's it, there are challenges out there, Kev. I mean, it, it used to be you could just raise money in a hat and and just hand it over doesn't work that way how difficult is it right now in this day and age to kind of you know be a viable nonprofit? yeah it's i i think it's the word sustainable funding is is yeah. the biggest challenge right and that would be any of you know the colleagues i know in the, the industry and those that i don't um running charities wherever it might be in canada um when you've seen the growth that we have it's it's tough to to keep up but part of that onus is just on us to get in front of more people and we talked a while ago just on you know who kid sport is and what we do and yeah. there's many people i sit down with still when that first kind of introductory meeting about um looking to onboard them as a partner and how do we do that that they don't know who we are or we've heard of you but you know are you guys the equipment guys or are you the canadian tire charity um that they don't know so yep. the education process is ongoing um even after you know we're in our 24th year and it's it's ongoing and that's an onus on all of our team um and those surrounding us to make sure the community knows and that transparency is a big part of that to make sure those people that are out talking have the right information and um can leave something behind where people can start to do you know further research on you know who we are and and what we do so the decisions can become easier um, getting to a point, and some of it takes time, but to a point where your need is great enough um, and you've got the history behind you that you can talk to some of those major donors um, and corporations about larger dollar amounts over multiple years. Um, we're in a position now that, that those conversations um, are ready to be had and, and we're all confident um, that we have the materials to put in front of those groups. If we can't answer their question that day, that we have the history, um, the documentation to get for them to answer their questions so that Kidsport 
is uh, an easy decision for them. Well, we talk, and you can call me crazy on this, and you have called me crazy before, so I, I trust your judgment in that particular area. It, you t- we didn't spend a lot of time talking about the success stories and the number of kids that stayed in sport as a result of kids' sport that have now gone on and had success. And to your point earlier, maybe the parents have found you know the, the ability, their incomes have changed, and, and because they stayed in sport, they've excelled in sport. But it's that whole idea of sport and the value of sport. And, and to me, you're so important in that. Um, as someone who believes, you know, we don't do enough. You look at the, the constant pressures that school systems are under, et cetera, et cetera. Do you not think that at some level of government shouldn't be stepping in and helping here? I mean, like you'd be turning a check away. I get that part. But I, I look around and I, I, you know, we spend so much time reactively rather than proactively. And that the support of groups like yours from the federal government, from the provincial government, the municipal government, I, that's the one thing that staggers me is that we haven't done a better job of, of, of supporting initiatives like this. When you look around at what money is, is spent, and clearly we could do that at every level, everything, but I, I, I'm a little confused why we don't, as a society, support groups like yours in a, in a more meaningful way from that level. Yeah, I think that's one of the conversations we've been having both locally and with Kidsport Alberta at a provincial level is just how Kidsport is playing a role not only you know, in the sport community, but in the preventative healthcare side of things that if we can get a kid active and maintain that activity, building those healthy and active lifestyle yep. traits that yep. they will grow on, go on to be healthy and active adults, um, not only good for the health, but they're more likely also to become active volunteers and, you know, all around making our community stronger and having less of an impact on the healthcare system um, and less of a strain uh, that would continue to grow on the sport, school community, if people aren't willing to volunteer and give their time. Um, and sport is filled with volunteers um, Absolutely at, at all levels. So kids participating see that. They know their parents volunteered. Um, they know their parents ran bottle drives. They know their parents were in charge of jerseys. Yeah. Um, they want to follow in those footsteps and give back. Um, and then they see their parents that were active in sport remaining active and how do they follow in those footsteps so it's the kind of the example of the calgary united soccer association and calgary women's soccer association if if they never step on a field as a kid it's going to be a lot tougher to get them as an adult Um, and the research multiple times speaks to itself that if you're not active um, health uh, issues just continue to grow oh my eyes were opened up tom rennie from hockey canada you know, just in a conversation one day said, you know, maybe maybe the federal government should get a tax break to a volunteer coach. And, and you know, ding, 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 the light went on. I mean, of all the things we support, you know, as a society and everything like that, where are we putting? I personally, myself, feel like sport is a little under siege right now. I personally feel like, you know, we don't see the numbers and the numbers are bearing that out. Registration's down. I mean, Calgary's one of the small islands in all of Canada that sees growth in hockey. That, that's fact. Um, you know, and that you, hasn't been easy for them, right? Hockey no, no. Cal- and, Hockey Calgary's work. And they've had to, to come up with evolve programs. their model and build new programs to make sure that. I hockey mean, are can we a decade or two decades away from having to actively recruit preteens and and you know and elementary kids into sport? You know, as one who does podcasts all the time and just look at the immense growth of esports, that's that 
I'm not, that's not funny anymore. I mean, there's a lot of kids that would rather be on a screen than outside. That's the reality of it. And it just worries me that, you know, the group groups like yours and other groups, you know, more so than ever, you're playing a, a larger role in the health of Canadians. Yeah, without a doubt. And I, I think within our city, we're fortunate that there are so many great leaders in the sport community that are making sure sport remains a priority, mm-hmm. not within, you know, where it's funded and how it's funded. Um, sport Calgary is, yep. is one of those groups, obviously, taking a leadership role. But when you look at, you know, the how big Calgary minor soccer is and hockey, hockey Calgary um, and what they're doing to evolve and kind of find ways, whether it's three-on-three programming or the yep. rec hockey Calgary or house league program that hockey's done and um, soccer's, you know, new programming, um, both indoor and outdoor, that um, they're finding ways and finding ways to keep volunteers engaged and, mm. and make sure that sport is never without those because I was just signing my daughter up for her first year of soccer last night and the option was to pay 75 bucks or volunteer and it was a no-brainer well i'm going to volunteer like i i know what it's all about and yep. find me a role and i'll see how i yep. can help um i may not be her team's best ever manager but <laughs> hopefully i'll uh, be able to help um do what i can and the fact you know sports had to put a monetary value on that speaks to your point yeah. of um it being tougher and tougher to volunteer because people you know it's a i'll just do the cash call and yeah. um yeah. problem solve but that you know will start to erode the foundation of what sport was based on and the community that sport is right parents will not get to know each other the same ways and nothing like filling a truck full of bottles and a bottle driver at my house when i was a kid it was full of uh pop shop and yep. uh, absolutely juice juices and couple nights a week you're gonna say bags of milk weren't you my, no, no bags of milk my dad and i um meeting other parents as they pulled in to load up their order oh yeah, yeah so yeah yeah absolutely um how the hell do you stay so positive uh for a guy that has to be a part of a hundred plus events a year raise you know in excess of two million dollars as a goal helping you know 5600 families that could probably break your heart with their stories and how do you get up out of bed and not get depressed? Because, as I said before, I, I, if you're not involved in the private, in the uh, pardon me, not the private sector, but the charitable sector, it's hard. Like it is freaking hard. So how do you smile? I, I think it's just uh, opportunity, Rob. Like we've we've done a lot, but we haven't done everything we can. Mm. Um, there's a lot of doors that never been knocked on. Uh, we've got a lot of people surrounding us the people you spoke to our ambassadors our board members our volunteers um i look to those people for not only you know as mentors and and leaders in our community but also motivation um and there are days in anyone's job where um you're not sure kind of what you're going to accomplish or how you're going to accomplish it but um it's easy to look around for us and see that motivation um, in our office, you know, from the applications that are coming in, it's not, you know, it's not always positive conversations from a family or a sport club. Yeah. Um, you know, where's my check or why don't I have it? But those are the small percentage that we try and mm-hmm. not let 
you know, bring us down. Right. And I'm just going to read one of the testimonials, and when you get these, it, it quickly picks you up, and you know that that one story, or as we sat and watched the Jerome Ginlon story unfold a couple sure. Saturdays ago yep. right here at the Saddle Dome, for Hall of Famer Peter Marr to talk about kid sport for 45 seconds, it seemed like, on national TV in front of millions of people because someone in the year 2000 decided that as a professional athlete, kid sport was a cause that they were going to give a 1000 bucks a goal to. And this wasn't a five-goal score. No, no, it was not. This was a 50-goal score. And then he raised it to 2000 bucks. Uh, that was because he wasn't worried what kid sport was doing with his money. He knew it was because he was going to help more kids like him. As he grew up, he says, without his grandparents, and this is Jerome McGinley, obviously, we're talking about, um, in St. Albert, without his grandparents paying for some of those fees and driving around, he might not have played yep. hockey and baseball yep. and the other sports he participated in. Um, that's what motivates you, the fact that Johnny Gaudreau wants to give $1,000 a goal um, to kid sport amongst many other causes for a kid who grew up in New Jersey that wants to make sure kids in the city that he plays professional hockey in have the chance to chase their dreams, uh, whatever sport that might be. But maybe they want to be like Johnny Gaudreau and they want to skate on the Saddle Dome ice someday. Um, so this one's from a mom. Her name's Amanda. But kid sport has opened a huge door for us and provided a way so many kids can have the ability to experience different options and build their confidence. My kids have thrived in this environment, and we're, we are and will forever be grateful for this. That was a probably three-paragraph testimonial that this quote got pulled out of, um, where she talked about her boys um, that have all accessed kid sport that have given her a chance to just take the other kids and go cheer them on and be a fan and build that community, hang out with other parents, let her other kids know that they need to support each other. Um, and just everything that sport can provide them. Amanda's words are so powerful. Um, you don't need to look far on a daily basis to know whatever that might be, if I'm going to be carrying chicken wings at the wing off on April 4th or if I'm going to be cleaning up uh, you know, with the rest of the team as the last people at Brian Burke's Targets for Kids. That's because we hosted an amazing event with some of our biggest and best supporters and local celebrities um, that opened the door again for kids sport to give one more of these stories a chance to come to life.